Good morning. It's time for our cool conversation. I'm your host, George Plummer. On the program today, we have Zach Love and Terry Banks, and they're with uh, DHS across the state. So, uh, Terry, thanks for coming in today. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And uh, Zach, thank you for coming in as well. We are going to talk about a foster program through DHS and how you can be a part of uh, being a foster parent for some of the needy kids uh, throughout our great state. We want to thank our sponsors for our program each and every week, and that includes Stanley Systems and Community Bank of Oklahoma. Terry, let's start with you. And uh, what office do you work out of? And uh, what brings you to Chicky Shack? Yeah, so I am a foster care recruiter in Cleveland County. I work uh, Cleveland, Garvin, and McLean counties, um, but I've been in recruitment for a couple of years now, been with the department for uh, almost seven years. Yep, and we're here to promote uh, traditional foster care and therapeutic foster care. It's needed uh, in all 77 counties, and I think we hear a lot of, a lot of times about the number of foster kids uh, that are looking for for a temporary or even permanent families. Yeah, that's right. All right, uh, Zach, let's talk about uh, your background and what got you into uh, into this career. Yeah, uh, so I have also been with the state for about seven and a half years. Um, and I, it's easiest just to say I cover the northeast corner of Oklahoma and then list all 10 or so sure. counties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I also do recruitment for traditional and therapeutic. All right, so when you say traditional, let's talk about the traditional foster family and the folks that you're looking for yeah so traditional care is or traditional foster care is kind of like a pretty widespread um, opportunity for the community this is like what we generally would see the need for therapeutic is a little more specialized this is for kiddos that may have um, more significant behaviors uh, it's a little higher level of care we see a lot of traditional foster parents that have experience go into therapeutic care. So um, after they kind of get some some footing in traditional, we uh, we see some really good homes that go over into therapeutic. And there's training provided uh, for those that yes. uh, want to. That's right. Uh, yeah. So with traditional, there is a uh, 27 hours of training that you would get initially. Um, with therapeutic, I believe it's 36 hours of training. Um, is that additional or total for therapy? Uh, so basically with that, you're either, you can either go and do the traditional and mm -hmm. then if you decide a couple years later that you want to all of a sudden become a therapeutic foster home, they have a couple extra hours to get you to that 36 hours and maybe a couple repeats, but I think it's like 10 hours to get you to that 36. And you have a certain amount of time you need to complete that training or you have... Yeah, so we schedule it, for, especially for our traditional homes, we will schedule it um, in a matter of like maybe three Saturdays where they're going nine hours for uh, three Saturdays in a row, and there's your 27 right there. Um, with therapeutic, I will, I will note that DHS doesn't um, assess therapeutic homes. It is really uh, certain agencies that we have throughout the state that particularly have um, – therapeutic standards that they that they go by and they will they're the ones that actually assess the home and what's the number of uh, kids in foster care across right the state now right? when i looked it's just a little over 7300 that are in care 
That's yep, about a hundred per county. That's just average. So I'm sure yeah. some have more and some have less. Oh, yeah. That's Without right. Yeah. Or, yeah, absolutely. And that ranges a span of like being in adoptive homes, uh, foster care homes, therapeutic homes. Um, it kind of runs a gamut. Some are in shelters. So yeah. And some of those kids that we're counting could even be in the process of reunification, that's um, right. going back to the home that they came out of. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know. That's the that's the ultimate goal is Correct. to get kids back with their back with their parents or parent. And uh, that's always the best best for the kids. Yeah, that's our yeah. number one goal as long as it's also the safest situation. Because mm-hmm. um, we want it to be the best situation, but we also want it to be the safest situation. There's a lot of horror stories out there. And it's just unfortunate that uh, moms and dads can, can treat their kids as badly as we hear sometimes. But uh, that's why you guys are there. Um, and hopefully the parents can uh, get the treatment and care that they need so they can uh, get their kids back. Because that's uh, what we all want. So, all right. So... What's the traditional wait time you think for a child to get into a foster home? Mm. I mean, once once a child comes into custody, really the initial um, response from DHS is to look at family members. So they they don't really want we don't want to see a child have to come into foster care if they can go with a family member or even someone that they know. It's always better for the for the for their child. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So we're always looking at best interest of the child and. If that can't be achieved, then we will start looking at the foster care process. And that, it's it can change, but I mean, if a child comes into care that night and there's nowhere for them to go, then we will find a foster home for them um, to go to, even if it's just an emergency placement, very temporary. Uh, and then after that, if they need to go to a more long-term placement, they can. So there's several different levels of foster parenting right Zach? yeah there's traditional there's therapeutic um there's even intensive therapeutic foster care so we have all the levels um but traditional seems to be the main um and then there's also kinship um but that's going to be your family your coaches your teachers whoever knows the child well i guess what i was getting at there is uh, you could just be uh have a foster child for one or two nights yeah until a a more permanent home is found or you can be there for a couple of months or longer sure. if, you, if you need to. Yeah, there's more emergency needs. Mm-hmm. And then there's even a respite, which is kind of providing care for a um, current foster child in a current traditional home. But maybe that home, they need a short break. Or if they're going on a vacation, then they can, um, a respite home could provide short-term care. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a couple of days, maybe it's a weekend, something like that. Uh, so, yeah, those are available as well. All right, uh, or they could take the kids on vacation with them if they absolutely exactly. yes we would we would hope for that yeah you bet. <laughs> so what are the, some of the responsibilities of a of a foster family and it doesn't have to be a mom and dad situation to be a single parent yeah right it yeah. could be so, a single parent right. um, it could be you know having two parents it could mm-hmm. be you know a girlfriend and a boyfriend you know there's a wide variety mm-hmm. of ways that they could be a foster parent um, basically our main goal is kind of do all those primary needs you're going to provide the you know bed you're going to provide the food you're going to provide the shelter per se um that a child needs and then we're going to also hope that you have the space for uh making sure there's room to play and make sure there's room for their stuff um because sometimes that's just a huge need and all by itself and kids are like what i get my own bed and so, so some of that's some of the big stuff so and so what are the qualifications for say housing and the kids have to have separate bedrooms. Uh, how does that work? Yeah, I mean, it depends. There's a uh, uh, we do ask that foster parents provide a bed 
for the child, so their own room. If uh, it's a different gender, so like if it's a brother and sister, that they have separate rooms, um, depending on age. And so we uh, we do look at those things through the assessment process. We make sure that someone does have a home that can can actually house a ch- child. Like if they don't have the room, then then we would probably look at other options. But um, that is one of our assessment pieces that they have uh, they have a space available for that child. Thanks for spending part of your weekend with us here on our cool conversation. Zach Love and Terry Banks with us from DHS about the foster care program. And uh, Zach, you guys were recently on a podcast together, which was a kind of a, a national a program, I guess. Huh? That was pretty interesting. Yeah, national, but also still on the up and coming. Um, sure. Huh? He's only about 12 episodes in. Um, but you can find the podcast at Adoptive Dad Playbook um, on basically any of, anywhere you can find us podcasts you know spotify i'm uh itunes or amazon any of those options mm-hmm. uh, what'd you talk about uh we, we basically talked about traditional foster care mm-hmm. and kind of the role of a foster care worker or resource worker um we also talked about some a little deeper on our backgrounds because we yes we do foster care recruitment now but we've done other jobs throughout dhs mm-hmm. so there's a wide variety of stuff i think covered yeah. and terry helped join me on that uh, let's talk about um some of the the things that are available maybe people want to help out the foster kids maybe they don't want to be a foster parent but uh, what can individuals do to help to help you do your job better yeah so a couple things for someone who just can't become a foster parent for whatever reason and they want to help support foster parents or foster kiddos uh, there's a couple resources there's the 111 project and then there's care portal so if you're connected with a church they might utilize the care portal which is Uh, It helps provide usually uh, monetary or physical needs to a a child or bio family or even a foster family. So each child has a worker and if there is a particular need in place and that worker will make a request and that request gets put onto the care portal and it is distributed to several churches who may or may not be able to meet that need. So we have those. Um, Let's see. You can also provide respite care. I know we talked about that. That's an option. Um, I think that also one of the things that would be good is just talking to people that you know that might want to foster. If you're if you're hearing this and uh, you know someone who you think would be a really good foster parent, talk to them about it. Get them connected with their local DHS office. And age is not a factor, right? Is no, there's really? no factor right. as far as age. You could got to be li- 21. 21, 21 um, yeah. but then you could you know be in your 90s 80s um i've had a foster home she was a single mom um she was also taking care of her retired dad and taking on three foster kids um and i think she was probably 65 at the time so we don't really have any judgment um as long as you can keep a child safe and we can approve your house then and you want to do it then we're all about trying to make that happen and of course you have them go through a background check right yep we do a background check we do kind of a quick financial check we do a health check because i mean we want you to be healthy we don't want you to you know something happened to you a couple days after a placement so we have a wide variety of things that we check and so it typically takes us anywhere from 30 to 90 days to get you through the approval process, through those background checks, through those classes, and we'll get you approved. I'm sure you, like everybody else, uh, had issues with COVID 
trying to find foster oh, yes. families last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, COVID was a real downer, I think, for a lot of families. Families were nervous about where kids were coming from even just because if, you know, if their families had COVID or if there were kiddos from shelters that might have gotten COVID, I think that that was a that was a pretty big deal. And so now that we're seeing the state open up, you'll see a lot probably a lot more recruiters just out in the community. That's that's a big part of our job is outreach. So we are we are out there in the community and that's where um, that's how we we talk to the community about fostering. And that's why you're here today. Absolutely. Exactly. So, and uh, while you guys uh, work in uh, the more Norman area or northeast Oklahoma, we want you we want folks to contact their local DHS office to get yes. more information, right? Yeah, absolutely. They can contact uh, the their local DHS office. Also go to okbenefits.org. Um, that way they can fill out an application. There's a tab in there for foster care information. And once they start filling out the application, it'll get assigned to a recruiter and that recruiter will be uh, quickly contacting them. And heck, who knows? You might have Terry or I as your worker. Yeah, absolutely. You could be talking to us soon. (laughs) Right. All right. So does DHS provide a payment to foster families? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. um, It's basically more of a payment to try and take over that you know sum of money that they spend on food clothes trying to just give you a little bit of a subsidy um and it changes based off the age range of the kiddos um Mm -hmm. you know your younger kids you might not get as much and we all know teenagers are expensive Mm -hmm. so it kind of rises as the ages go up and what about school uh school basically we our goal I should say, is to keep the child within their community. So we're going to really hope that they are still able to go to the school that, you know, they were removed from. Um, But if not, then they'll be going to one of the local schools in the area, and a foster parent would kind of sign them up like you would sign up your own kid. And can they they homeschool if they want to? You know, I don't know that I've had many foster parents actually homeschool. Have you ever experienced that, Zach? Uh, I've had them homeschool their own kiddos, um, Mm -hmm. but a lot of them still take the foster kiddo to a regular school. school. So a lot of times when they're in foster care, they are also um, under the court's direction. So if court has something to say about it, they they may, you know, prefer them to be in a public education. So uh, that can happen. But, yeah. I would say overall it's probably a case-by-case scenario and as long as everyone's on the same page then i don't see any issues against it so uh do you visit them once a month or so or the families um yeah so uh, we as foster care workers will be in their home at least once a month after they're fully approved um sometimes during the initial approval we might only be in the home once or twice because we're really just assessing that family um, but once they're fully approved, they'll be visited by the foster care worker. They'll be visited by the child's worker. They'll be visited, you know, probably yeah. two or three times by different workers. And then any sort of resources that the child's having, like there's counselors, anything like that. Recruiters, we are kind of the front end. And then it gets passed off onto an actual foster care worker. And then that child's worker would also be, like he said, the caseworker for the case. Is there a, like an emergency number they can call like after hours or something if there's an issue with the the health of the child or yeah um a lot of times it's going to fall on the permanency worker um so that would be the child's worker Mm -hmm. um just so they are able to let that worker know what's going on with the child but it also keeps us kind of all in the know Mm -hmm. because we can quickly email or quickly do a phone call or anything like that very good gentlemen thanks for coming in today we really appreciate it uh 
Terry Banks, thank yes, you very much. Thank you very much. And yeah. Zach Love, thank you very much. No problem. Uh, thank you. For uh, foster care information and therapeutic foster care, reach out to your local DHS office. That's our Cool Conversation program for this week. Our thanks to our sponsors, Community Bank of Oklahoma, and its locations in Chickasha, Verdon, and Newcastle, along with Stanley Systems.